0: Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. But what if we challenge ourselves to go back, look where we are now, and where we want to be? That is why we exist. To focus more on different perspectives, the way we analyze film with respect to the lens in which stories are told, in search of authentic diversity while still keeping the emotional connection. Because every movie makes us feel something. Yo, 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 what up and welcome. This is Feeling Films Black Label, a film critics roundtable for the culture. Woo, it is good to be back and rocking the mic with me today. I've got up in the Midwest, my man, E-Man from E-Man's Movie Reviews. What up? What
1: up? What up? What up? What up? What up? Ah, oh, it's so good to
0: hear your voice. <laughs> Yo, in the Pacific Northwest, my other dude, Kales, aka Black Nerd Magic, how are you, good sir? Hey, what it do? What it do? <laughs> and not too far from him, the Queen of Curls, one of my favorite girls, the Queen of the podcast, aaron Hunley. Hey.
2: Hey, hi, hello, and howdy.
0: Hey. And I'm your boy, Kobe Mack. And as I always say, it's good to be back it's good to be black yeah so, yo it's been how long has it been i haven't been keeping track
1: it's been 84 years
2: and i can still hear the fresh recording
0: <laughs> four score seven years ago <laughs> you know i had to remember that for school i do like an oral competition and i was like I can Yikes. Never... four score and seven years ago <laughs> that's all i remember of it. brought forth on this nation all them slaves. No, let me stop. I will. Let me stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Watch Yo. the eyes. Watch
0: the eyes. How is Let's everybody see. doing? Look, it is so great to see y'all smiling faces. So good. We are straight chilling. Straight chilling. I mean, it's hot outside. Isn't there like a heat wave everywhere? Y'all straight chilling?
1: I've been in my it's house. actually
2: though. not bad. Really? Today it's uh it's in like the low 70s, high 60s uh, for a lot most of the PNW. Um, the biggest problem is it's very windy today, and with all the fires burning up and down the Pacific Northwest and Northern California, it's starting to blow all the smoke in. Mm. So my asthma is having a really great time. Thanks. Yeah. 2020.
0: Smelling this whole time. If it ain't one thing, it's something else, and we'd be remiss to kind of start this podcast thinking about our days and not thinking about man um chadwick bozeman uh gone, but not forgotten. I mean, obviously, we've been gone for a little bit, not forgotten, and it's crazy to think that from the time that we left our last episode to now, this would be the thing furthest from my reality that we would have to talk about, um first and foremost, rest in power to our dearly departed king, Chadwick Bozeman. I mean, how old was he, man? Forty. Forty three. Forty three. Um, yo, cancer sucks, bro. Like, yes, it does. And, and, and the thing I know that, we're not
2: allowed to curse on this podcast, so I'm just gonna say "frit cancer" instead.
0: Yeah. Um. Man, I, I like it's 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 hard. Like when I when I saw that notification at like it was in the evening. I can't remember exactly what time because I was like already like dozing off. And I thought like it was a joke. Like I'm like, yo, this is a really, really bad joke. And then like it was confirmed from like his people and whatnot. I I got really silent. I didn't cry like I did for like Prince or MJ. But I just got like super duper silent and just like I don't know. Like what was what was y'all's reaction like when you first like kind of the news came across like your wires?
3: Um it- it was for me. It was like I went from the highest point of um, of the day to the lowest point. Because um, the day that you know we all found out the news, it was my birthday. You know, I had just came from a nice kayaking date with my girlfriend and we were sitting in the bedroom just watching TV. And Then all of a sudden I saw that alert pop up on my phone and I'm like from colon cancer. I I didn't even know that even Chadwick was sick this whole time. I mean, we saw him in, you know, the Avengers films. We saw him in Black Panther. We saw him in in Marshall. I mean, we saw him in so many films doing work and it would have never occurred to me that he was sick this whole time. And, I know that we all saw the videos of him last year where he was starting to lose a little bit of weight, but I thought that it was him preparing for another role. Like, I thought it was him preparing for Defy Bloods for some reason because he had yeah. looked a lot skinny in that film. So I was like, okay, maybe he's losing weight for that film. And then to have this news just come out of nowhere and just blindside you, it just, it just sucks, you know, to lose another um, – you know another black icon. I mean, Chadwick had just finally burst onto the scene. You know, not burst onto the scene as just an actor, because he had been acting since 2006 and 2008, but he had finally become the superstar that he had worked so hard for. I mean, the night that I went to see Black Panther, I mean, just seeing the, you know, the people dressing up in, um, in garb, you know, seeing people doing the Wakanda Forever salute, it was a, it was a singular moment you know, single moment for back black cinema and Chadwick was the um the engine for that. He was the beacon of it and it was it was the only way up was to go up from there and to see um someone who was so young, so talented, so giving, you know, so nice and you know, a person who didn't want to burden any of his co-workers or anybody with a sickness, you know, just still going out there because he knew the impact that it was going to have for the kids out there, the black kids out there who had never seen a black superhero. For him to do that and to to die so young, it's it it's more than tragic. You know, it's something that I still haven't got over. I I don't even want. I haven't even watched Black Panther. And I don't even know when I can watch that film again or any Avengers film with him in it. I mean, it's it's a really sore
0: spot for right now. I mean, it's crazy that how sore it is, but yet I feel like it, <laughs> I don't want to say it's overreactionary, but I also kind of appreciate it. I guess I'm indifferent, and I'll get y'all's opinion on it because I feel like. You know, when I turn on my sling, I feel like on the, I feel like I'm finding Black Panther. I'm finding 42. I'm finding get up everywhere. Right. And it's kind of hard not to escape it, but just kind of like to constantly like feel like this, this weight of that, oh, he's gone. But like so many people are still getting a chance to celebrate him. Like is, has it been different for you, Aaron? Or like, is that like, like how did it hit you? Do you still feel the weight of it?
2: I mean, let's be honest, I feel the weight of everything all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It wasn't great. um, And uh, the best way that I have been able to describe it to my partner, Owen, and to really just anybody that asks about it is just immeasurable amounts of grief. And it it really does feel like 2020 for people in general, but especially for black people, has just been one thing after another. Um, And it just feels like we can't catch a break. And I think that, um, I took a screen grab of somebody that had put together what I was feeling that I think was very helpful for me to understand why it felt so strongly. Because like the only person that I think I've really cried from that really like hit, like hit home for me was when Robin Williams died. And, um, that was just because my entire. The entire reason why I started in theater, why I got my degree in it was because of Robin Williams. And so he had an immeasurable impact on my life. Um, but for Chadwick, it literally, it felt like a lot of it is over 2020, a lot of us have tried to kind of emotionally go numb because it has just been one thing after another. And so when this happened, I, I really didn't know how to feel because I was, I wasn't angry. So, like, I wasn't going through, like, the feelings of grief, but I, I still felt grief about somebody that we had only just begun to see his potential. And what I, what I screen grabbed was it said, um, do you all remember when Black Panther first came out and Black people everywhere were just happy? It still makes us smile to think about how proud and fulfilled we all felt during that time. No one else understood what we felt, but we didn't care. We were unabashed and unashamed. We expressed our, we expressed our pride to the highest Black degree. We were on a collective high. We were empowered and uplifted, and you could feel that energy surging through our people. We were all connected, and we're still connected, and what's surging through that connection right now is just pain. Our people are tired, angry, hurt, heartbroken, and without answers. We can't seem to catch a break, and 2020 has us on the ropes. The burden that Black people are carrying right now is unanimous amongst us, but united we carry that burden, and united we will lift it. Yes, these times are scary, but our people have seen scarier. And we believe that our people are about to tap into that same reservoir of strength and resilience that our ancestors had to tap into time and time again. We need each other now more than ever. And it's just, I, I felt like that that encapsulated a lot of the depth of his impact, as well as the depth of what this year has felt for a lot of Black people across the country. And I i had to screen grab it because I was like, this this puts it into words in a way that i can't because i was so emotional about it at the time but for me like i'm i am still processing it um i did watch black Panther that night and i did cry through the whole thing um and it's just it's one of those things where with like you said you cried with prince or with michael but they had like a huge body of work that had influenced generations and people and to know that we're all feeling something somewhat collective to that over somebody who really only started having major impacts across the the acting world for the last four years is is an astonishing legacy to leave behind.
0: It really is. And you know, I had I have just returned back to social media at the same time that it happened. It almost felt like I almost felt like, oh my god, I should stop. And I did. Like I, I actually I said you know what I do not want to in any way like kind of um not not derail or just like take anything away from just like people paying their respects giving this man reverence and um it was good that I took my break when I did because I feel like I'm in an emotionally more stable place to have dealt with another blow you know um like you said we have just dealt with months of intensified unrelenting angst and unrest and just like when are we going to catch a break and it's something that just came completely out of nowhere and I mean the way that it was described how we were just in a collective joy two years ago for like three four months of something we could be really really proud of that there was this pride for being black and finding strength in a way that we never really got a chance through through cinema collectively and then I just wish we can kind of like get to that point. And it sucks. I was I was seeing things online. I'm like, oh, now I remember why I got off of Twitter. Like folks are saying, how could you like, you know, feel for someone you never met? And it's like, like, that's the beauty of art. And he's an artist and he gave himself to us for a reason. And I, I don't know if it was you or E-Man, but like I screen grabbed y'all screen grabbed because I think it put it perfectly. It said, it's okay to grieve a person who you've never met. It's okay to feel ill-equipped to process the amount of despair some of us have faced this year. It's okay to cry for a person you've never met but have welcomed into your life via their art. It's okay to be shocked into silence. It's okay to need your people. It's okay to pray even if you don't know how to or exactly to who you're praying. It's okay to seek comfort. It's okay to hope that weeping may last for the night, but joy shall come in the morning. And I feel like There's so many different stances you can be in the way that you deal with grief. And that kind of really also encapsulates a lot of what we feel. And, yo, E-Man, I can only imagine how, because like I found you through Black Panther. So like when I thought of that loss, I immediately thought of you in the way that you connected to that film and what that film did for you and your community. And, And also the way how you've gotten several opportunities to speak to this man. Like where are you at right now, brother?
1: Man. Um I'm still going through the process, you know, and I think I'm finally at that state. I don't I don't know the formal steps, but I I think I'm at the step now where it's close to acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. Um because I was like a lot of you guys, like when I I was actually in the middle of doing a podcast on someone else's show and while we were recording, this guy is like uh, I don't know if I should break this to you, but Chadwick's dead. And I'm like, stop it. Like, don't hit me with the TMZ right now. Stop it. You know? And you just said
2: it like that bluntly?
1: I mean, not that bluntly, but <laughs> you know. He said it was some more tact. It was just kind of like it, it was just to me, it felt like a blunt shock. Because I was just like, what? No. It's so far from I, reality. It, I'm like, no, this does not compute. Does not compute. And, you know, uh, like everybody, I started looking up online, I started seeing verified sites and everything, you know, confirming it. And I had to take some silence and just because for me, Chadwick was equivalent to Kobe, you know, for me. And Kobe was someone that um, he was my very first basketball card. And I'm a very huge basketball card collector because of Kobe. You know, I've been doing it since the fifth grade. Uh, before the internet, you know, I was reading the back of, you know, basketball cards. So I felt like I knew Kobe, just like I knew my best friends, you know. And in the same sense, um, I was really starting to connect with Chadwick, um, just because I thought he was like, even at his peak, I still felt he was underrated as an actor. And, you know, it was... um Just a blessing. It was nothing short of, uh, when I got the opportunity to interview him, um, for Marshall when he came out to Chicago. I mean, I wasn't even supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like I I wasn't supposed to be there. I got like a last minute call. I had to drive home from work within like two hours and then drive back downtown. When I tell you, I was hustling, you know, but there was no way I was going to miss Chadwick, you know, and this is pre Black Panther, you know, so like, and even when I got that opportunity, I mean, the guy was everything you'd think, you know, cool, calm, you know, uh, kind, generous, like, you know, he just emoted those positive vibes and everything. And, you know, like, I, you, look, I felt like that was a moment where I was like, yo, I can hang this up. I'm done. I made it. You know, we're here, you know, but yeah. And I mean, that is still nothing short of what he has contributed to. Culture, you know, and like one thing that kind of put me at, um, a better place was somebody had said that, um, you know, Chadwick came and yes, we might feel that he might have left early, but he served his purpose. You know, he, he left us with something, you know, and, and, and that right there just gives me so much more comfort knowing that, you know, even though he probably had more to give, what he left us was so fulfilling because I can go back and tap into those good feelings of when Black Panther was out and when, you know, we had that moment as Black people to just be happy. I mean, even in the midst of all those negative, you know, just random people out there, well, you know, Black Panther is just okay and all the, you know, all the unnecessary stuff we still had just a moment to just be to be comfortable to be you know prideful even if being what kind of is not real it was real enough you know and that's kind of why you know even in one of my posts i was just like yo movies are fake but the the emotional impact they leave us is real you know and um I mean, like, again, when I first heard it, like, I tried, <laughs> I tried to put out like just a positive message and just kind of tell people to like, "Yo, go get checked out, go get you." Know, I, look, I broke down right then and there, you know, because I, I don't know, like, I, I thought I was okay, but I, it, it, I was not okay. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm happy of what he left us. Um, and I, I definitely agree that everybody has different uh, grieving stages. I'm still going to call out places like screen rant for being <sighs> premature with their ridiculousness, trying to hop on black Panther two like 12 hours after the man. Yo, it was passed. so, it was
0: so uh, good, man, 12 hours. It, it,
1: wasn't, it like, wasn't even that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it's just, almost uh, as
0: if like the moment they got it, I can, I can see somebody in like, you know, inside of like an open air, like yeah. desk in screen Rant headquarters. Be like, Hey, you know let's 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 get the most we got to get the most let's take advantage of it
1: i mean yeah it was just disgraceful i mean that that right there and don't get me wrong i i totally understand that that is a prominent question in the back of everyone's minds i'd be lying if i said it wasn't in my mind too but there's a time and a place for all of that you know and some people are going to be comfortable with that some are not i just released my video what it's been like a week now i want to say um where i finally was comfortable just to talk about the future of Black Panther but I'm not emotionally comfortable to sit here talking about recasting him yeah. you know I'm I'm just like okay I'm okay now I couldn't talk about it before but now I can talk about it now and guess what if somebody doesn't want to talk about it I get that too and let me also just mention one other thing um like you were saying uh Kobe you know like how you were thinking about me it's funny because like people were reaching out to me right um which I'm totally appreciative of right But the funny thing is, is that while people were calling me to check up on me, they really needed the comforting, you know, and once again, a phone call really turns into a counseling and therapy session, which is really, I think, is indicative of how much trauma happens within the black community and we've never had an opportunity to process it and it's always something if it's not police brutality it's something in politics if it's not politics it's something in the society or just whatever and now when it permeates into like you know or or even in sports maybe it's happening in sports and now that it's coming in the entertainment world it's kind of like oh my gosh like what do we do so yeah i mean like i've had a number of long conversations with people to help them through their grief even though they were trying to help me through my grief but either way it was something that was needed so that's that's another reason why I'm like very appreciative for just this platform and this podcast with you guys because um we have an opportunity to not only talk uh to one another but we might be talking for and through other people as well um and and it is cathartic in in a sense you know cuz Gosh, just we deal with so much. And sometimes it's not even and the sad thing is we can't even articulate all the stuff that we mentally process because sometimes we don't even grasp all of it. So, you know, if you're not a person of color and you're listening to this and you don't understand why black people go through certain things or why we act certain ways. I mean, this is one of those things where, yeah, it does have to be a lived through experience to really get it and at the end of the day just just take our word for it like yeah. it's not complaining it's not whining sometimes we just don't know how to explain it because it's that unprecedented and that traumatic I mean, so
0: i think we we've seen our lifetimes fallen heroes and it's something unique that what we all experience with Kobe in a lot of different ways a lot of our heroes that have like affected us on like a pop culture way where like there's this group impact are few and far between, you know, um, especially when folks are taken very tragically, um, you know, uh, amidst their, like their professional career. And I mean, man, I, f- I feel like there was just, it's crazy. In some aspects, 43 is young and then it's also old. Right. And it's like this man, like you could just see his trajectory and just like, Hey, I wanted
1: to be with when I grow up. You know what I, mean, I want to be Kobe wouldn't? when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? Like, who wouldn't? I saw and... myself in oh, both man. of these people and even if I'm not going to be a basketball player or if I'm not going to be an actor, it's it's kind of like one of those, it's just like Obama. Like, yeah. you look at him and you're like, oh man, that's a dream fulfilled. Yeah, That's possibility made into reality. And that's kind of what I saw in Chadwick, that's what I saw in Kobe. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where like, when that Loss happens. we feel like a part of our potential is gone as well, yeah. you know, and that's where I think it kind of hurts the most. No, I well, and I think you,
2: it's I think it's something to be said for the fact that a lot of people, but particularly white people, love to use that argument. We're like, well, he didn't have to behave like that. Why couldn't he have just like looked up to kobe and and you know followed that path or whatever? And I find it very interesting that even white people seem to think that or seem to realize without even realizing that they realize it that our heroes are few and far between within the black community because I I every and I've started now calling people out on that when they're like, Well, you know, like you could have been like an Oprah or a Barack Obama like, you know, or whatever. And I'm always I always want to be like, well, okay, name me ten other black people without using a Google search that you you know of in the same, you know, category. But I'm I also think I was like, for every Oprah that we have how many do you guys have? Mm-hmm. How many white daytime talk show hosts that are millionaires do you have that own networks? How many? I mean, okay, I'm not gonna give them basketball stars. We'll, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> basketball stars. But you know what I mean? Like, they, they have, for every Tom, like, how many Tom Hanks do we have? We have Denzel.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, so, so that's the way that I, I look at it. Is I'm like, think about how many, how much of the market you're represented by versus how much we're represented by. And you want us to hold on to the three or four that we have and say, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Instead of looking at the seven million other people that didn't do it, and you think that that it's it's equal playing ground. But that goes back to our other conversation about equality versus equity. But yeah. that's for a different pod.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's great that while chadwick is gone and we have all these different memories and performances to kind of reflect on um i'm proud of like i don't there's not, there's nothing that anyone like had anything bad to say about him like his character just like outshined everything like he's like like when i think of like dignity like his face comes to mind right like there's just like he operated in such a way that was just very graceful and when you think about what it takes to go through the illness that he had and to still work and not let any not have tabloids find out like to only imagine the amount of pain that he pushed through to still be able to give us so much and you know it's going to be eerie because he has um uh what is it ma rainey's black bottom coming out i believe this year um it is going to be really interesting to see like where i'm at emotionally when i see that film i mean yo even when i went back to watch the five bloods and seeing his turn as storm and norman, i 'm like, "Wow, and um I just want to leave us with uh, a really strong uh, quote um that I feel like it just really kind of you know embodies a lot of what he was about. He said, "Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose as you commence to your paths, press on with pride and press on with purpose. Chadwick Boseman, once again, rest in power King."
2: Fast and
0: power came. I think it was great that we were able to kind of connect a lot of interesting connecting points to. I just realized I said connecting points, but don't, um, uh, to, to Chad and how he went about his life and the way that his art shaped us and. Of course, with how relevant Black Panther was, there was something else that kind of came up most recently um, with another brother who right now is so living in, like, his freedom. (laughs) Similarly, you know, working with Disney, like – so – I'm trying to figure out, like, how to word this right, right? So we've got John Boyega, right? A proud black man for the cause. I mean, you've seen them out there protesting and stuff like that like earlier this summer. like was so dope, right? And I think that Disney and Lucasfilm had an opportunity, riding the wave of joy that we experienced in 2018. And granted, when did, I think it was, What, what was it 2016 that um, Star Wars Force Awakens came out? Was that right? 2016, 20, 20, 2017? 2015, December. 2015. It was 2015? Dang. Yeah, 2015. Now, granted, in Force Awakens, they may not have known or had an opportunity on how to shape that character, which says a lot based on the writers, right? And ultimately, you know, there's a story how John Boyega really took Disney to town, um, in a post about how they kind of dropped the ball into shaping the character of Finn in this world to really be something more than just, should, should I say a throwaway character? I don't want to say that because he, like he had stuff to do. But do y'all believe it was a missed opportunity for Lucasfilm and Disney to shape the character of Finn in a way that it can have cultural relevance in art as we got with Chadwick and Black Panther? Or is he just playing the race card?
3: No, I I think Boyega has um, some good points that he talks about. For one... He talks about how in the first film Force Awakens he is essentially wielding a lightsaber so he has like some he has some power he has he has promised to get up there and level up for the next couple of films and then with Last Jedi you started to see that yes he gets his heroic moments but The Rise of Skywalker it kind of that's one of the films that's one of the reasons why I kind of just didn't really vibe with Rise of Skywalker like that while I did appreciate the things that it did with Rey and some of the action moments it had I felt that Finn is was kinda essentially on the bench. Like he's kinda like the seven or eight man on the bench looking to get some, some minutes in the rotation. And and it it just it was a big far cry from what the initial promise of the character was. So Boega, you know, Boyega having, you know, understanding you know, he saw exactly what Black Panther did. So I'm guessing that he was hoping that Finn would have that would have that evolution. That Finn would be able to inspire a lot of black kids to go out there and start wielding lightsabers and buying a lot of Star Wars merchandise and to see him as like a a black hero in space, which is what we don't get a lot. Seeing him right there that 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 changes the whole game right there. I mean, that that uplifts and empowers more of black representation in Hollywood and for essentially Disney or the people that Boega was talking to, to not give him a shot to do that, it, it, it kind of feels like a slap in the face. I, I, and I'm speaking from the perspective of an actor, you know, when you're an actor and you get a chance to join a beloved franchise like Star Wars or Star Trek or, or even the Avengers, you know, you come in with the promise of hoping that your character is going to have something important to do with this world, you know, not just being a face or just being another diverse character to, to like just be there for appeasement for somebody to have a moment that can inspire other people. And for Reagan to not get that chance, he, I can feel his frustration. I I can feel the, um, not pain, but really the lost opportunity that it was for him.
2: Yeah. And I I think it's really important. I mean, I'll be honest, like we all know what Disney is. It's a company, it's a business first and foremost, and in my opinion, it was actually very, very selectively chosen not to complete his storyline. Um, they got so much pushback after they first even showed his face in the very, I can't remember what, The Force Awakens, is that the first one? Yeah, I can't even remember. <laughs> um, I don't know. The Jedi do something with somebody, and there's a big on fire stick. Something.
1: You're not. you not, not. gonna do that. You're not gonna. Do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Please well, don't let these
1: fair boys come. in. We don't need those problems.
2: <laughs> oh, don't no, no, get wrong. Like I said, I love Star Wars. I have my original uh artist box set over there of VHSs. So I love Star Wars, but these last three films were just like what? I don't even. Well, I don't John even know. Boyega
0: was no Billy D. Right.
2: No, and I, but the thing was, is I didn't think he was trying to be, and I thought mm-hmm. that was very important, is I actually do feel like, in, especially in the very first movie, that John Boyega fully and entirely made that character his own, and I loved that for him. Is he wasn't trying to be Lando, he wasn't trying to be Han, he w- he was entirely his own character, and it was a side of Stormtroopers, let's be honest, that we really didn't know even existed or had the... Had had a place in the universe like that. We all thought they were just mindless drones, you know, with the occasion, occasional funny one-liner that can't shoot anything if they ever tried. Couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. So for me, like, I have a feeling that after the pushback they got for the very first movie, everybody claiming that he was a diversity hire, which he wasn't. Everybody claiming that Stormtroopers can't be black. Everybody claiming that Dev, uh, Disney was just trying to placate. Oh, gosh, yeah. Whenever they first showed the very first trailer and he pulled off his helmet and he was, like, having that panic attack in the ship or whatever, people online went nuts over the fact that he was black. And they were just saying, like, oh, well, there goes Disney trying to placate the liberals, like, blah, blah, blah. And like the same thing goes for Rose is I think they very selectively pulled back on both of those characters because of the PR nightmare that it was causing instead of standing up and protecting their actors and standing up and telling people, no, we will not allow you. I mean, the fact that Rose literally got off social media because she was being so actively harassed by people is ridiculous. Inside of the fandom, obviously racist and conservative like racist, conservatives, liberals, it doesn't matter what you prescribe to like racism is obviously not okay in any form. But cyberbullying is also not okay. So for me, it's it comes down to a very selective decision that they made to placate the masses that were already. I don't even the thing is, is starboard will never lose money unless you. Count the solo film because that was just garage <laughs> But um, no, no, like no like no, no, no. oh, no, no, in right. garbage. No, she's right. I don't she's know. Right. She's right. it, it was continue. it was i eye eye to me. Continue. It was I It was great. I'm sorry. Was
1: right.
2: uh, what is the name of the Muppet that lives in the garbage can, Oscar? Oscar oh. the Grouch. I think he was the director, producer, and star of that.
1: We getting spicy.
2: I'm just saying Oh man. <laughs> The fact that even in the middle of almost finishing that film, they had to hire acting coaches for the lead actors should tell you enough. But I digress. Um, I felt that Disney made a very calculated decision with him and Rose. Unfortunately, they were two of the largest contenders for minorities. I don't think they could have gotten away with it with Poe, primarily because he was a he was already a well-established actor and already had a following, whereas the other two did not. Um, so his diversity, I don't want to say was overlooked, but he didn't like it, he has light skin privilege. I'll just say it. He has light skin privilege. And I think that Disney made a very calculated decision, regardless of the fact that both films went through, you know, director, producer, and writer changes. I think that they made a decision to pull back on their storylines and to not fully flesh them out. And I think that as a company, they did their actors a disservice, and they did the fans a disservice, like the real fans, not the racist pieces of trash, but the real fans. They did them a disservice.
0: Even you're going to play devil's advocate. Why should Finn's race really play any significance in this story if the leads in the film, you know, um, Ray and I guess in this instance, um, which we didn't know inside of the first film. Um, but, uh, Kylo, like what their race, what really didn't play a significance into their stories, right?
2: Finn, Finn's race didn't play into his story though. That was it the does. point yeah. okay. is the fans made it about his race. The movie okay. did not. Right. So should well, the movie have like, should the movie have no. explored the
0: experience think, of being a black man no. in this part of the galaxy? No. I, don't think, no. I
2: don't think black okay. was a thing in space. Like right. black isn't a thing in other planets. Got gotcha. you. For all we know, what he is actually isn't black. It's just whatever a stormtrooper looks like under the helmet. Like it's just dark skin. Like we, like black, does, in my opinion, black doesn't exist outside of planet Earth.
0: So it was mainly the audience projecting these racial issues yes. onto the casting and onto the film itself, and in turn, Disney not having their actors back and kind of letting that venom and toxicity just kind of spiral to take a life of its own.
1: That's,
2: so. that's my theory. And like, uh, it's like theory. when people say, Oh, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Well, they negotiated with the terrorists. Yeah. Mm.
1: Um, I think, okay. So looking at, uh, Boyega's actual quote, um, I think he was right in the heart of his conversation, but he messed up with the latter part of his quote. Right. So, um, you know, initially his main point, cause I think some people were missing his point. Some people were like, putting backlash, you know, he was catching some backlash because he was equating himself to uh, Ray and Kylo's character. That's That was a, a case of a bad comparison. It was a bad analogy. But that wasn't the heart of his point. The main point that he had was what was marketed by Disney or Star Wars, which was right when, you know, Force Awakens came out. Hey, we saw a brother, a young brother, not Sam Jackson, but a young brother who was not only a stormtrooper, but he was wielding a lightsaber. Mind blown. I'm sitting here thinking something is up with this guy. And a lot of other people were saying that, too. A lot of people were theorizing, like, oh, is he force sensitive? Oh, is he got some bigger purpose? What's going on with this? So his biggest argument is not a matter of you need to give supporting, diverse characters equal treatment to the leads that's not what he's saying what he's okay. saying is stop sending people off trying to make our characters who happen to be diverse to also then just give up on their storylines later on because they did give up on finn and they yeah. definitely gave up on kelly marie uh, marie tran too like it's they, false advertising. right it's false advertising and that's what he was saying he's like you're basically selling especially minorities false hope and it's kind of making us more into a prop than Star it is Wars. a False significant <laughs> character. And here's the other thing. Star Wars across the board, especially with the the more uh, recent ones, mm-hmm. they dropped the ball, right? Yeah. And they dropped the ball narratively because a lot of this stuff. There wasn't nobody, a plan. There wasn't a plan. And it was a lot of reactive knee jerking going on. Yeah. And, you know, the problem that happened with Finn was like, you know, when you have a supporting character and here's the thing. Disney knows how to do this, right? It's not difficult to give a uh, a fulfilling arc. Doesn't have to be a huge arc, but just a complete arc to a supporting character over multiple movies. Yeah. Nobody said Finn needs to have a, an entire movie to himself, or he has to have a huge storyline. Just give the man a little something here, a little something there, and finish it off. And Rise of Skywalker did not finish it off. And it didn't do that for a lot of people also, because that whole narrative was just a problem. But that was the heart of the issue. And I totally agree uh, with Boyega in this case, because, you know, again, you sold this false hope, you propped him up this way, you know how to sell characters and do narratives, you try to put on the front that you want to be diversity first and all this other stuff, but you fell through. And they did. And it's true. You know, so John was right.
0: And Michael Rappaport, take five whole seats,
1: turn around,
0: sit in the corner, and shut up.
1: Yeah. He, he he like missed that, the point that
2: too picture that they used I was like y'all had to find the worst picture of this man ever oh, man. to exist and you were like you know what let's blow it up and make this because the best part is is if you actually click into the article it's a different image so no. they specifically chose <laughs> that herpes picture. infested image for their featured photo and oh not for the actual article and I'm like you know what this is a new level of petty that I aspire oh, to get
0: you know, but but, oh. people, but people people
2: need to be put in a place when their yes. words
0: get out of hand. And like I have like a love hate relationship with Michael Rappaport. Like there's some things that I like him, mean, but I feel like I feel like he abused his invitation to the cookout too much because he got it so early on in his career. And like, nah bro, we need you to like you you still gotta put in the work. It's and- like
2: that one friend that had one black person tell them they could say the N word and then all of a sudden they just go crazy with it. <sighs>
1: And just just so people actually know, in case they don't know why Michael Rappaport's even brought up, he basically came in and chimed in on uh, John Boyega's uh, initial comments in this article or uh, after his interview. And he was basically saying, like, hey, you should be grateful, uh, you know, as a supporting uh, character It happens all the time in the industry, you know? So in other words, he was kind of sitting there like, all supporting character lives matter. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to kind of pull that, which don't get me wrong. All roles matter. Right, right. And don't get me wrong. He is right, but that's not the point. And I think one of the um, responses that, uh, you know, Rappaport, you know, received on Twitter was like perfectly uh, uh, surmising everything And it said that you clearly missed his point. Boyega was talking about his experience as a black man, and he denounced how Disney hires people of color and black people in the name of diversity, when at the end of the day, they don't do anything with those characters. It's just a facade. And that is the problem. We don't want to be diversity hires. We want to be meaningful characters. And that's kind of what Disney dropped the ball with, you know, because they didn't have to make Boyega about a black man in space mm-hmm. they don't have to go that route that that's pandering yeah. You know, but you they gave, they gave,
2: I would say that they gave Poe less screen time than Finn, but still managed to a fully flesh out his, star, yes, his story yeah. arc. He had a more 100%. yes. 100%. Like he, was, he was obviously gone in the first movie. He yeah. was far more involved in the second and the third movies, yep. but you still learned who he was, learned right. what his motivation was, learned his drive to get there, and saw him achieve his goal. And so, he
1: grew as a character, too. 100%. 100%. Yep. So
2: like, if they're able to do that with somebody who has less screen time, yep. Then there's literally no excuse.
0: Yep. Yeah, man, it, it, it's tough. I mean, and, and it's weird, like how different, like like what we're talking about, like in regards to like how the role is taken, right? So, in, an, in in another story, we have a character where inside of a film, his ethnicity plays so much into what makes him a character and can and can inform his arc, and then you have a creator say. Yeah, I don't want to do that with Josh Boone and New Mutants. Yo, shout out to, uh, shout out to cinemas being reopened, um, kind of sucks that New Mutants kind of kicked it off, but I watched it, um, kind of, I don't want to say, I wish I didn't. I I wish
2: he says apprehensively.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, Josh Boone, uh, director of New Mutants, he, um, Stuck his foot in his mouth, his whole foot in his mouth pretty much and is now um, dealing with an act of whitewashing a character and essentially this arc being completely thrown away and – like everything is there for you. Like you have comic books and lore and history to pluck from, and he went about this to completely ignore that and essentially add in a character that was completely different and just attributes more to (sighs) – the struggles that Hollywood is dealing with. I mean, Kales are you, like, your history with mutants and, like, this story, were you aware of this at all, or, like, how did this, like, wash over you?
3: Uh, this is the first I actually heard of it. Um, once you sent the article to me today, I gave it a read-through, and it was essentially the equivalent of All Lives Matter when it comes to casting in Hollywood. Um, there, we talked about it earlier. Like, you need to read the room sometimes. Like, sometimes it's not about saying what you feel in your head sometimes you got to read the room and at like okay maybe this might not be the right time to say what i really feel in my heart maybe i need to pull it back a little bit and be quiet but this guy like you said he put his foot in his mouth he couldn't be quiet he said that he wanted to show because the character um what's his name again um roberto yeah him i i say that in the comic His journey to being a superhero is influenced by what he is doing for his home country of Brazil. He's fighting anti-black racism there. It's a very important component of his character. That's the way the comics have it. So for this guy to take it out an important trait of his character, because he wants to show a positive side of Brazil, makes it seem like that he's dealing with happily ever after tales. Like, oh, boy meets girl, girl meets boy, they get together, get married, and they live happily ever after. Well, what about the struggles that you go through in a relationship? What about the arguments? I mean, what about the disputes? And like, you can't erase um, the bad times in life. Like, life is not all about happiness every time there's going to be some things to work through that's how it is and for this guy to say that he only wants to pick that hey he's a director he's a creative he has i have no problem with him doing what he wants to do with his film but my dude can you please like read the room and understand that there is things like anti-black racism that still goes on not in america but all around the world and in order for you and it what would have been better well you just say, like, hey, um, maybe no comment. Like, don't say something about, Oh, I didn't want to focus on that because like it's not happy. Well, yes, it's not happy. That's the reason why we're <laughs> fighting so hard to eradicate racism. Because it's not happy. It's disgusting. It's it's like it's the worst form of treatment that you can give to a human outside of just um beating them and hurting them and killing them. You know, so while I mean, my assignment for New Mutants was up there before, but it got delayed so much, and now with this director <laughs> just saying these comments, I, I kind of don't have a, a urge to really even want to see it anymore. But this is another example of why it is important that we continue to fight for diversity. And I'm not saying hire every black person you see for a role, but if the black person is is compatible with your with your top choice, if they have the same qualities, the same the same standing then give that guy a shot. I'm not telling you to pick favorites, but just give him a shot. And this director, he doesn't understand it. And um, he can kick rocks. Deuces.
0: I really can't wait till we go to video so y'all can see like like, like a dog on a leash. Like Aaron is like ready to just like... (laughs) Unleash!
2: I agree with everything Kalesa, number one. Number two... My biggest problem with his statement is that he essentially equated to black people and Afro Brazilians to negative things. So by saying that he wanted to hire somebody that represented the positive things with, or Brazilian, you know, positive representation with Brazilians in cinema. Okay. So you're saying that if you're Afro Brazilian or Afro Latina, like you can't be a positive force within the film industry then? And by saying that he specifically wanted to hire somebody, he said, I didn't care about the racism I've heard about in Brazil, about light skin versus dark skin. I wanted somebody who could look like a guy with a silver spoon in his mouth who has a really rich dad. Okay, so black people also now can't be rich and have children. That's good to know. Black people can't raise spoiled children. Also good to know. Had no idea. I'm learning so much from this racist article. Like I, these are like so many light bulb moments guys, <laughs> just so much information that I'm gathering right now. So for me, it actually has less to do with the fact, like, like I'm, o- I'm almost always upset when it comes to any, any piece of art that is taken from a format that literally draws a character for you. Yeah. Gives you what they are supposed to physically look like based off of what the creator had in mind. And then you throw it away. I'm always going to be mad about that because even if it was a white guy and then all of a sudden they cast a black person in it, while I would be happy for the representation, if if being white fueled that character and their development, then it would have no place. Like with James Bond. James Bond could be black because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, being white didn't inform his decisions in his character.
0: And for those that think that that's not possible, if you feel so inclined, go watch Tenet and john david washington if you
1: can is james 10. bond if you can if, watch it. If, if james yeah. bond and Chad, mm-hmm. could have a baby, Look, okay. Look, i don't,
2: talk about what, I don't talk about want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it i have i've literally avoided every review that's gone out i've avoided everything so
1: it's like,
2: it's good no i've heard mixed things but no but it, like yeah. if, if it doesn't inform their character then that's fine Throw it away. Little Mermaid, another prime example. Mm-hmm. Although that one I, I do understand if she was actually Danish, okay, cool. But if we're basing this off of the Disney's Little Mermaid, then change it away. Mm-hmm. But like if you have a character like Black Panther, all right. Um probably shouldn't cast, you know, Army Hammer in it. You know, it's just <laughs> I don't I don't see or as uh Caleste would say, Timothy Timothy Ding dong. so for me, like, I will always be upset when they ignore a creator's wish when it comes to the casting of their character. But then he had to take it a step further with his quotes, and that's, I think, where the real foot in his mouth really happened. Because he specifically says, maybe if Henry didn't exist, I would have found somebody who has darker skin. Okay, so, <laughs> I, I I honestly, I can't even dissect that one, because I, I don't even really know how to feel I mean, about so, it. So,
0: okay, I- devil's advocate as a creator myself when I've written art and I've conceptualized a character in my head I have without noticing like like put on um you know ethnicities and characteristics to these characters right um so if this director which he has the right to has you know you know for whatever reason has a bond with this particular actor loves their work and wants them in this film one this is a th- this actor himself is of um, uh, Hispanic or Latin descent correct uh, he's
2: brazilian yes. he is brazilian yes. right yeah, yeah he's brazilian he's just like so hey. he, like, he checks the box he
1: checks the box no he
2: checks the brazilian box so I'm right. right. so right. so so the like, brazilian like, I box, american right. box yeah, okay right. but i'm also i am a black american yeah so. just
1: what, I, I just say that because oftentimes you check the box on mm-hmm. paper and say but we got a brazilian yeah isn't the character brazilian and then we yeah. neglect the other nuance Absolutely. which is but he's a light skinned yeah. one, you know. Yeah. So, and, yeah.
2: and, and that's the thing. It's it's like if the this character dude, is African, you could you could find a white person from South Africa. And check it out. That's very true.
1: Hey, Charlize,
2: you wanna play Storm?
0: <laughs> you wanna play? Uh-huh. Yo, I swear, whoever is circulating that article in like Yo. why it looks so much like oh. Charlize, like I I don't understand. I don't know what's going on.
1: I don't, I don't like, like it. it. I don't like it.
0: I don't like it. Okay, all right. I don't want to see no Julia Roberts as Harriet Tubman, no Charlize <laughs> Darren as Storm. I don't like it.
1: We'll lead, the okay. we'll lead the revolt lead the
0: revolt but like it, 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 it's it's weird because you're gonna have folks are like well that's what he wants to do but he was so brazen in his ignorance that the words coming out of his mouth he could not understand
2: what he was saying was beyond messed up well and i don't I- even think it's that i think it's the fact that it's It's he's telling us he actively avoided that representation. So for me, it would be one thing if he was just like, oh, like that never came up in any of our production meetings. Like I just knew he was Brazilian and the creators didn't have a problem when I presented. them." I wish that somebody had said that that would be different. But you're literally telling me that you had a choice and you chose to make this path easier on yourself, but harder for everybody else and whitewashing. That wasn't even the first example of whitewashing in that film. There was the issue with the doctor, if I remember
1: correctly. Yep. Yep. And I mean, like, look, from the creator, because I like the fact that um, he actually responded to this whole thing. Um, He he has a much longer thing on on his Twitter, but uh, he said, mainly, I was disappointed with Roberto. Uh, He isn't short, or he said, I'm sorry, I was very disappointed that Roberto isn't short and dark skinned yet another Hollywood whitewashing. There's just no excuse. So basically, Josh Boone, the director, erased everything I contributed to the way the characters look. And, here, you know, just to reiterate what everyone said, the biggest issue here is the fact that the ethnicities and the looks and appearances were central to the characters. When they're not central, then you have the freedom and liberty to do whatever you want because it's an open slate. But it's no different... And I know people make the dumb joke about it. You can't make T'Challa white. It doesn't make sense because his ethnicity is central to his character. You Avatar, can have...
2: the last airbender, the first movie.
1: There you go. <laughs> hey, so uh,
2: Drop that right. there.
1: There's, there's so many examples of that. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it is um, a discredit to the original creator to sit here and rob the essence of what made this unique. And that was the thing that I didn't feel anything oh. when it came to this. And let's also recall the fact that with Marvel themselves, from the comic roots, from the traditions, they embrace diversity from the jump. This was the first time I had ever in- interacted with like a, a a comic-oriented genre, whether it's comics, cartoons, or movies, where there was a diversity that was blatant. I saw, I heard an African person. You know, I saw some, you know, a intentional, you know, like I heard an Irish person with a thick Irish accent, like, and it wasn't just for black folks. It was everywhere. And that's kind of like, when you take that away, my goodness, like you're just discrediting everything. And yes, it was incredibly problematic. I think when uh, Boone just kind of reiterated the fact that like, well, this is what I imagine. um, uh, You know, he imagined what being rich would look like and i'm sitting there like god really dude like you would have been better off had you had just said i just went with the better actor with the better talent yeah you
2: still like, would have gotten the, these got, criticisms yeah so we got it you but still would have got, got it whatever it wouldn't have been hardly as foot to
1: mouth you ain't right yeah. you ain't getting this size 13. i mean it's
0: it's it <laughs> is just it, 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 it is so crazy like how as he's describing it like you know the silver spoon thing like yo bro how many? i don't want to see any more silver spoon nothing bro like i I swear I clapped it up all the time, you know, uh, um, uh for Jordan for um for Jordan Peele when he said, "Yo, I've seen that movie before. I am tired of seeing rich white guys who are spoiled have to get put in their place, they end up learning a lesson, and because they learned that one lesson, hands wash, they're good people now."
2: A.K.A. people of color are are still doing that labor, though. Like, all their labor is is to learn the lesson. Like, that's literally the only work that they actually do is they learn the lesson. The people of color are still magical Negroes are still (laughs) handholding through the film.
1: I just want to emphasize, especially with that uh, Jordan Peele quote, because a lot of people misconstrue that as racism. most certainly did. Because they don't understand how racism actually works. As a biracial man... Uh, jordan peele with a you know a, a white wife and all that he's not being racist when he says he doesn't want to see that he's saying that we have enough of it and he wants to up the inclusion aspect so he's making a conscious decision to go ahead and hire more black actors to be the leads because it's a void that he's seen in the industry not to mention, it is definitely a matter of e- of equity, as uh, Queen Aaron has always pointed out. But not only that, you know, we don't hear anybody having any issues when Scorsese doesn't want to cast anybody else or Newman or whoever, like, or I'm sorry, Wes Anderson, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. Like, we don't have any issues when they want to just so happen to not hire diverse leads. So there really shouldn't be any issue when a creator who sees a hey, boy hey, in the there industry... Are di-
2: there are diversity in those films. Some people have the brown lead. eyes, some people oh, have blue okay. eyes, <laughs> I've I a, a and a red head. <laughs> I think true. there was one, even one with freckles once. Like, there is yes. a lot of diversity. Give Fact. them credit. And, and I'll Fact. say,
0: it's, it can be easier for Wes Anderson because he casts, like, 50 people in his films all the time. So it's like, there's out of 50 people, there should be like you know at least one or two
3: but Even man i mean
0: <laughs> there's so many lessons to be learned from the Josh Boons that are out there so for the folks that are like rocking with us like understand that when we can like take a part of these different instances in Hollywood it's not like we not pulling the race card these are just like you know honest kind of like what's the word i want to use this is just very honest Things that we're peeling away that can really, if we can tackle them like together and inform one another of like w- what it looks like on both sides, I think we'll get to a level of understanding so that way we can be able to combat things like this, right? So when we're talking about what diversity in a role looks like versus behind the camera, as the case with John Boyega and in front of the camera and in the film, um, in the case with Josh Boone and the Roberto character and New Mutants, like, those are things that we can actively work to kind of break down um and ultimately like we should want to be able to do that so we can be able to get to more of the positive representations of diversity like what we get you know in what disney did with black panther um they understood the central richness of the culture and ethnicity of those characters and in any way did not want to harm that um and i mean think what the benefit of was that you know like there's a legacy that has now been locked in and we're very unsure of what it is going to be going forward. But like, I'm, I'm proud of that.
2: I, I would just like, I would just like to point out something. And if readers are really tired of us mentioning Black Panther as our example, it's because it's one of the only few that we have. <laughs> and that is the entire point of this discussion yes. yep. is we don't have equity.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, Allow oh. us to get some more Black Panthers. And it doesn't, honestly, yo, it doesn't just have to be, like, in a superhero space. Like, I want more, you know, people of color dramas, right? I hey, want more I want people you, of I color. I want what
1: you said. I want the black man in space. I want to see that. Shh. Yes, absolutely. Give, hey, know, give me Shafton's The only space. reason why
0: I was into Star Wars, and I'm, okay, yo, I'm a prequel guy, because I saw Space Ninjas, and that's what I wanted. I wanted Space Ninjas. And in Force Awakens, my dude had the Space Ninja sword. And he had no space ninja-dom in the second movie. And then he was on some other stuff in the third movie. Give me some more space ninjas. I want more black sci-fi films. Yo, shout out to HBO and what they're doing back-to-back years with The Watchmen and Lovecraft Country. Whatever they're doing that's worked, yo, Hollywood movies, adopt that same formula. And then we won't be on your case. But until next time, we're going to be on your case. Yo, everybody, let the people know where you at. Starting out from my guys in the Pacific Northwest, Kales, before we say goodbye, let people know where you're at. What's up?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm at um, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox.com as Black Magic. You can find me on Facebook as Kales Davis, and also check me out for some reviews I've done for FillingFilm.com and for Victims and
0: Villains. Hey, the queen! Aaron, where you at? What you up to?
2: You can find me on Instagram at essentially Aaron. Um My name is spelled E-R-Y-N-N-E. You can find me on Twitter by the same handle, but it's too many letters, so it'll just be E-R-Y-N. <laughs> um, and you can uh, find me on YouTube as well under the same handle.
0: Oh, perfect. Yo, find her on YouTube. Like, if you want your curls to look like hers and not mine, like, I don't have hair, but like my beard. Um, however, I will try some, like, any products that will kind of, like, give this thing some tame. Although I know they can't
2: see me right now, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) E Man, what up and where you at?
1: Yeah, uh definitely look me up, E Man's movie reviews. Uh come to the Facebook fan page, you know, enjoy some uh some reviews, some trailers, some movie news. You know, I got the videos and and the memes. Definitely, definitely come for the memes. Best Um, memes
2: on the internet, guys. I'm I'm trying.
1: I'm trying um and definitely uh come and subscribe to the youtube channel i'm following a number of shows trying to give you some top-notch commentary if i can uh right now we're doing lovecraft country we're doing uh the boys and um raised by wolves which is also on hbo max if you're deep into the sci-fi genre you don't want to miss that and i do just want to do one more uh quick plug which will be um if you go on any one of my platforms or hopefully we'll i'll provide the link uh, in the description here, I am selling a shirt, um, to raise awareness, uh, for colon cancer, uh, research. All the proceeds are going to go straight to the Colon Cancer Coalition. Uh, this is in honor of Chadwick Bozeman, who, you know, unfortunately did pass, uh, from colon cancer. So, um, try and get you a shirt. You know, it's a Black Panther Chadwick Bozeman shirt. It's only $19.99. I try to keep it as low as possible um and like i said all do- all proceeds will go straight to that organization and uh yeah f cancer get you a
2: shirt so but also get you a screening make sure yeah. you're going to the doctor regularly These please ladies, they, please they do sneak up on you he was diagnosed what two three years ago so yeah. it's just like please just you can think you know your body but just get your physical every year get checked out you never know
0: nah, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, guys uh, yeah uh, yeah i definitely want to get myself a shirt um because that's a, I mean, it's a really important cause. And yeah, I need to go uh, to the doctor myself and get tested um, and just like kind of know where I'm at, you know, um, and where I'm at. If you guys want to be able to follow me, you can follow your boy. I'm on some of the socials at Kobe told me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, when I'm in the mood to write, you can check out my words on my website. Kobe told me com. Listen to my podcast. The Kobe told me podcast. It's definitely good to be back. I'm going to try to get some content out. I got a Mulan review dropping uh tomorrow i believe and a bunch of other stuff going on so i catch up with your boy um this has been feeling film black label thanks so much once again for spending time with us at the round table and until next time keep feeling film peace